Hello, 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 and welcome to another fantastic episode of Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable Discussion. Before we get started, let me remind you the first that we are covered by the BIPCOT No Government License, which allows for the reuse and distribution of this podcast by anyone and everyone except for governments and the bludgies thereof. You can learn more about that at BIPCOT.org. That is B-I-P-C-O-T dot O-R-G. We're also protected under Brandenburg v. Ohio 1969, which ruled that the court or that the uh, government cannot punish inflammatory speech unless that speech is, quote, directed to inciting or producing imminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action. So everything we hear say is uh, hypothetical. Yep. So, yeah. It's all philosophy, baby. Yep. That beautiful voice back <laughs> on the block. <laughs> Miss Dirica joining us after a little bit of an absence. Yeah. We all got sick and the holidays and, well, it's the other way around, really, but I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> and there goes all their listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Hey, I don't we know. Had a, we had a pretty good, we had a pretty good turnout with our, our couple of Boogaloo article or Boogaloo ones and. Yeah. Uh, Yes, we did. And to any new listeners, welcome. That's right. <laughs> Buckle up, Buttercup. <laughs> to, in, to any old listeners, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Why are you still here? We suck. Yeah, what? <laughs> <coughs> Most professional podcast ever. Yeah. Oh. You will not find a more professional podcast on the internet. Yeah. Well, I mean, literally the cor- the coronavirus of podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's our but Don't blame line. us because we're not even fucking getting paid and we've been doing this for two years. <laughs> the coronavirus of podcasting. <laughs> Everybody needs a little culture. Sometimes it's just grown in a petri dish. God, right. gonna, I'm getting I'm getting red flagged for that one. <laughs> oh. Just get limes with it; it'll be. Well, I wish we were. <laughs> I wish we were as viral as coronavirus. That'd be cool. Spreading but... like you know plague. Yeah, spread <laughs> us like the plague, baby. Yeah, share our stuff. Spread us like the plague. <laughs> the plague killed people. Come on now. I mean, well, well. our humor. What is it? Could oh, probably humor. accomplish the same thing. It's pretty over, killer. Over, ah. over <laughs> nine, yeah, over nine hundred deaths from Corona now. Dude. So it's officially the this version, this novel version of coronavirus, is officially deadlier than SARS. Yes, still not yeah. as deadly as the flu. That's which what killed... I was going to say. Still not as deadly as the regular flu. Yeah, which killed over 10,000 people this winter. Yeah, but uh, it's starting to head towards... I mean, we uh... had it. We had the fucking flu, and we're still here. So... What's uh, what's the name of the, the, the Spanish flu? That was that killed however many millions of people and stuff. Like, it's... it was... It wasn't like... In the U.S. alone... It was some huge number. Some, yeah. But so it's remember. its death rate. I forget what its death rate is, but uh, based on uh, infection rate versus death rate, the coronavirus, this novel form of it, is officially 
eight deadly or whatever they call that that ratio mm, of deadliness the... for viruses is officially worse than the Spanish flu. Yep. Still uh, not as deadly as government. Um, yep. That's true. That's true. Yep. The Spanish flu couldn't even dream of being as deadly as the government in the 20th century. It well, killed Spanish, millions of people and it's still not even close to how many government killed. Yeah, the Spanish flu killed like 3 or 4 million people I think something like that. The Yeah. That's that's a uh, look at World War One, which was going on at the time, which was all government killing people. And that killed millions. That killed hundreds of thousands in afternoons. So, yeah, <laughs> the uh, Spanish flu, uh, 1918 and 1920 um, infected 500 million people around the world or about 25 or 20, about 27 percent of the then world's population. Uh, estimated death told to have been 50 million, as possibly high as 100 million, about three to six percent of the Earth's population at the time. Oof, that's worse than wow. I thought it was. Okay, that's pretty bad. Yeah, I was thinking it was bad, that it was really 50, bad. Jesus, 50 million. Yep. That is. Yeah. That I is think your number point. was just in the U.S. Yeah, I think that's Andrew. what I was thinking. Is just is yeah. just American deaths. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it, but it's still, it, you know. The you got World War One, World War Two, Stalin's purges, the Holocaust, uh, the genocide in Bosnia. You have um, the Armenian genocide. The Turkey still refuses to acknowledge it did. Mm-hmm. Um, you have yeah. however many other ethnic cleansings that yeah. government did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, ru- democide is credited for killing roughly uh, two hundred and sixty-two million people. Yep. In the last century. So, yeah. Yep. The grand, the, in the yeah. Pol Pot, yeah. the great experiment or whatever grand yeah. experiment. So, you got that. You have China. Mao. Uh, actually, there's Stalin. currently uh, a movie on um, Netflix called uh, the Ki- First They Killed My Father that's about the Khmer Rouge. Um, oh. at, uh, written by a survivor. Um, yeah. He was a child at the time. It's it's really really good. If you haven't read the novel, read the novel. But otherwise, watch the movie. It'll really drive home just exactly what government is capable of and what socialism is capable of. And speaking of, don't we have an article about Cal mm-hmm. or California seizing a privately owned <laughs> apartment building or they, to they control want, rent? They want you want to just jump into that. Yeah, because that's exactly what we're talking about. Okay. Speaking of socialism. Um, yeah, speaking, speaking of socialism. Of socialism. Um, L.A. politicians want to seize private apartment building to prevent rent increases. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you heard that right. Okay, that's uh, Los Angeles. USSA shit. Yeah, Los Angeles, pol- Los Angeles politicians will make uh, housing affordable by force if necessary. On Friday, city council member Gil Sedello introduced a motion that asked city staff to draft plans for using eminent domain to seize the Hillside Villa Apartments, a 124-unit privately owned, developed in the city's Chinatown neighborhood, to avoid rent increases at the property. The property is currently under an affordable covenant that requires its owners to rent out a number of its units at below market rates. 
The covenant is set to expire soon, meaning that some rents on 59 units will increase to market rates, which means rents will hike up to about $1,000 per unit. Uh, quote, well, yeah, quote, we think it is important enough that we need to take action to preserve those units. We don't want to generate more homeless people. Because <laughs> that's... They, they want to seize all 124 units because 59 units might get a price increase. That guy. They don't want to create that. homeless people, but they're <laughs> they're about to create a bunch of them because they're going to mismanage the fuck out of it, and eventually it's going to be a crumbling heap that isn't even safe for human habitation. Well, yeah, I mean, government. And, on housing has worked out so, so well, well for California to this point. <laughs> for anyone. For anyone. Yeah. It yeah, hasn't um, worked out well. Yeah, quote, we think it's important enough that we need to take action to preserve these units. We don't want to generate more homeless people. Um, uh, Coronado Terrazas Cross, Sadello's uh, communication director, told Reason, saying that many tenants would not be able to afford the coming rent increases. Uh, quote, I think it's a brilliant idea, but I need to know. Are we in Cuba or Venezuela? Says Tim Botts, the L.A. area developer who owns wow. the building, about the proposals to seize his property. Uh, Botts tells Reason he purchased the development company that built Hillside Villa roughly 20 years ago. The building's construction has been financed by a number of government grants and loans, including a $5.4 million loan from Los Angeles since uh, since abolished Community Redeveloped Agency in 1986. I appreciate the passive aggressiveness of that statement. Like, yeah, it's a great <laughs> yeah. idea. Are we in Cuba or Venezuela? I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then the guy, like, why is rent so expensive? Oh, because, you know, Taxes are expensive. Why are taxes so expensive? Because the guy got a $5.4 million loan from the Los Angeles re yeah. Community Redevelop Agency. Where's that yeah. money come from? Yeah, but also you were describing the later part where it becomes a vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. You know, why is rent so high? Because taxes are so high. Why do taxes have to be so high? So we can buy housing <laughs> to provide cheap housing. Yeah, and but remember... you're the ones making rents high. You just made rents even higher. Well, I guess we need more tax money to buy more apartment buildings. Well, and remember, I mean, you know, if it, and this is the thing about taxes that everybody seems to forget is at least uh, everybody on the left, political left, seems to forget for sure. And really on the right, if you take 10 percent of the income of a person who makes twenty thousand dollars a year, that's two grand, two grand to somebody who makes 20 grand. They're, yep. they're hurting from that. Yeah. But if you take 10% of somebody who makes a hundred million dollars a year, right? Well, you're only, you're taking 10 million. They still have $90 million to spend. That's not a big deal to them. Right. So the people who are hardest hit, even when it's a percentage, which is supposed to be quote unquote fair, the people who are hardest hit are still the lower income people who are the same people who are renting these properties who can't afford the rent increase. <laughs> yeah. All taxes disproportionately affect the poorest among us. Every single one, because the cost of business is always passed forward to the consumer. So even if you are not taking money directly out of their pockets, you are inflating goods beyond their reach. 
Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to I'm not going to tax your income because you make so little. However, because I'm taxing all these people's income now, all of the goods that you need to survive have just gone up in price by double. Yeah. So you can only afford half of your survival. Yeah. And that's it. And it's it's that endless cycle. And then they go, oh, God, well, now I can't afford things. Okay, well, let me go ahead and subsidize it and further raise. But here have an after school program. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Quote: It's theoretically possible for the city to thread the needle to make this work constitutionally. Of course. Theoretically (laughs) possible to thread the needle. In theory, Uh, you could uh, get by by the skin of your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. In theory, they could find some lawyer somewhere who could convince somebody of an interpretation that would make it constitutional. Yeah. Uh, extreme as it might be, the use of eminent domain could well be constitutional, says Jim Berling of the Pacific Legal Foundation, a public interest law firm. Quote, it's theoretically possible for the city to thread the needle oh. to make this work constitutionally, Berling tells Reason, saying the government would probably be well within the right to condemn the property for the purpose of preserving affordable housing. Wait, if it's condemned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but if it's condemned, they're not. Oh, no, I see where he's going here because you condemn it. You say it's not okay for human habitation until the city certifies it. The city takes it because it's condemned property. And then they go, okay, well, now that we have it, it's not suitable for human habitation because the city runs it. Right. Now it becomes. Yeah, that's what they're they're lying. They're they're just admitting that they're going to fucking lie and say that it's not suitable for human habitation so that they can seize it from the rightful property owner. Yep. When you control the definitions of the words, you can make the words mean anything you want. Well, when you control the application of the law, you can make it into anything you fucking want it to be. It's the same concept. And this is why power is inherently wrong. Political coercive power is inherently wrong. Because there is no such thing as a perfect human being on this planet that would use it perfectly right. There's yep. just no fucking way. I mean, I'm... I'm I like to think of myself as a more altruistic individual than most people because I'm an anarchist. However, yeah. if you give me that kind of power, there's I can't a guarantee more I would temptation. use it well. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, like, I would use it probably <clears throat> mostly well, but there are going to come points or, where I can see benefit to myself personally right. or people that I'm friends with, and I'm going to abuse it. Yeah. Even if not intentionally, I'm subconsciously going to use it, steer it that direction. That's what's going to happen. Right. And even even if I don't, I still don't know everything about all of the pieces of the market that I can affect. I have no way of predicting all the negative ripples that are going to happen to people from what I do. You know, I'm just I'm not a fucking supercomputer. I can't calculate all of that. Mm -hmm. So I will, just like every other human being on this planet, be making mistakes through sheer fucking ignorance that fuck people's lives up. The Cobra effect. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Um, but the devil is in the details, he says. Uh, quote, if the city gets sloppy or they get greedy and don't want to pay what the property is actually worth, that would be eminent domain. Uh-huh. Right? Eminent domain, they, they, they give you a number and, yeah. They buy it, you just have to sell. Well, you, you, well you, can you, fight it. No. you can fight it, but they have to give you, like, quote, fair market value, but who gets yeah. to determine fair market value? Okay. Right. Um. Quote, if the city gets sloppy or they get greedy and don't want to pay what the property is actually worth, then there could be some ser- serious constitutional challenges. 
regardless of whether the Caesar meets constitutional muster, it will certainly erode property rights, says Berlin. Quote, What's uh, left of them? Yeah, quote, why are you going to spend 30 years maintaining a property and keeping it in good shape if you know at the end of the day the government can basically rip up the agreement? Yep. Um, yeah. Taraz's Cross, this is the... Also, though, I, yeah. I do want to point out, rip up the what agreement? The, the agreement, the agreement that you're allowed to own the property as long yeah. as government says it's okay. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. That's... Again, you don't have property rights. You don't actually own property. You're leasing yeah. it at the pleasure of the government. Oh, fee, exactly. fee simple versus um, uh, anecdotal titles, right? We we yeah. we have the the title system that we have here in the United States doesn't actually give people full possession of their property. Where we basically through property taxes and and through zoning laws and whatnot, we rent property. We don't actually mm-hmm. technically own it because of the, the the legal system. So, mm-hmm. Sarah's Cross says the eminent domain could be deployed to seize other properties where affordable uh, covenants are set to expire. Uh, Sadello's motion asked the city's Bureau of Engineering to consult with the city attorney and then prepare a report on seizing Hillside Villa within 30 days. Bot says he will fight any effort to seize the property in court. Ideally, tenants could currently, uh, or are tenants currently receiving Subsidized rents at Hillside Villa uh, would be able to find adequate market rate housing, even if the rents at the current residence shot up. That they couldn't is a product of Los Angeles not allowing enough construction of new housing at rates that would uh, be to keep rents stable at times. Oh, gee, you mean that the free market would be able to provide alternatives, but because the government has interfered, we don't have free market alternatives? Yeah. So you mean now that... That's literally the the, the rest of the article and reason. Right. So, like, now that that their mismanagement has created this huge homelessness problem because people are priced out of the fucking market because they've created scarcity with their fucking mismanagement, now they get to mismanage even bigger portions of it by seizing what's already there from the people who own it. Yeah. Which is a weird, a weird complication. Cause like I always harp on the fact that socialism just doesn't work even on paper because government uh, centrally, a central planning organization cannot predict scarcity. Not only can they not predict scarcity, they inadvertently create it artificially. Yes. Yep. Through mismanagement always. That's why like, if you ever did, you guys watch the Chernobyl miniseries? I think we talked about that, right? You can like it's super accurate. You can see what um, some of their um, grocery mark, like their supermarkets and stuff, looked like. They'd have like three of something in the middle of the shelf because the resources were just so fucking mismanaged by bureaucrats instead of managed by the people who had a vested interest in the success of the grocery store. Um, They just, they had no variety, no selection. Everything was scarce and really difficult to find. People were going to fucking gulags for engaging in the black market to get the shit that their families needed. You know, it's, it's horrible, horrible. And too many Americans have not studied what life was like in the USSR. And that's like the best, most recent, super documented, easy to fucking research historical example we have 
of a failed socialist state. Well, and even though it's easily available, you'll see, I've, I've literally seen, I'm sure you guys have videos of American college students actually argue with survivors of gulags, with refugees from oh, the Soviet it. Union that, yep. oh, no, you don't know what you're talking about. They lived through it and somehow yeah. they don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. They are part of mean, the uh, public education system. So, do you think that we maybe have a better grasp on it because we were little kids, you know, like in the '80s, and there was a lot of talk about it. It was in the news a lot, and we had more exposure to like real time information. Because I remember hearing the news on mm-hmm. and hearing shit about the living conditions over there, and you know, people talking about it at church and things like that. I mean. I remember hearing a lot about it as a kid. Um, and maybe these kids just don't really understand because they've never had like a threat well, like well, Russia. They, they just went through a 12 year, 15,000 hour. Yeah. Indoctrination program. Indoctrination program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing, too, because like I'm I'm a millennial. Right. Fucking youngster. by by five years i am a millennial so by the time i can remember the soviet union was just getting ready to collapse like i remember the fall of the berlin wall Uh but that's like one of the earliest (laughs) memories i have was the fall of the berlin wall the the wall that was put up to keep socialism in yes exactly to keep people in like i remember (laughs) that part i don't remember anything further back but I do remember that. And I mean, it. I guess that might play a part, like remembering yeah. the celebrations of people when the wall came down. Oh, and yeah. Like family members fell. that had been separated for decades and like they're finally back together again or... Yeah, well, yeah, and I and I remember Christmas Day 91. I remember watching the TV when, when um, it was announced that the Soviet Union had, had officially like collapsed. Uh, done i remember that like i i remember seeing that and i i do remember those things but a lot of what socialism you know really was i don't even remember but i still grew up learning what socialism ultimately was going to mean like if it it became a big thing right hey this is going to be a bad idea because we remember the soviet union i think what's happening now is you have you have the Xenials, mm-hmm. you know, the half generation younger than me, and then you have the the what, Gen do Z. they even have a name? The Gen Z, the whatever they you have them who are largely raised by parents who are about my generation, who are about millennials, who just barely remember. Yeah. And well, Micah, Micah's Gen Z, my oldest. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so. so you have you have people who just barely, you know, who are being raised largely by people who just barely remember or people who, you know, grew up in the Reagan era where there was a lot of disaffectation because America mm-hmm. become such a clearly kind of fascist empire by that point. And mm-hmm. so there was a lot of that. I think that's kind of playing into it, but. I mean, really, all you got to do is pick up a history book and read it. And the problem is that our 12-year indoctrination program discourages well, Okay. Picking up a history book or reading it doesn't really help anything because 
they wrote the history books. Yeah, and they're editing them at a furious fucking well, picking rate. Up a, mm-hmm. Picking up a history textbook. I mean, like, actual history books. Like, like, how, is Zins, like way, how, are, how are Zins people's history of the United States? By the way, if you're interested in older textbooks printed mm-hmm. in, like, the 80s and 90s with publishing dates in the 80s, even 90s, go to thebackpack.com. If you're a homeschooler and you want the older textbooks, like I teach my kids out of, the ones that haven't been like infected by victim culture and all that kind of shit. If you want those, thebackpack.com sells them for fucking cheap. I spend like 50 bucks per kid on school books every year. Oh yeah. And I, I always encourage people like your, uh, your local libraries will have book sales a lot of times on old books that nobody's reading anymore. Go to those. Mm-hmm. I used yep. to go to those. I grew up getting hauled to those and I still go to those every chance I get because yep. you'll find older books that are just gems um, that yep. you can get your hands on the date from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. We got a bunch of them when our library in here in town was um, redone. They were remodeling the whole building. So they got rid of like a whole bunch of old books. They had this little like house on the property, like a little like two bedroom house. And it was fucking packed almost to the ceiling in every room full of books. And they were free. I just like backed up my car and was like throwing boxes of books in the back. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. The, the one <coughs> here, the, the library here in town, they sell them. But it's like you pay five bucks for a bag and yeah. everything you can fit in that bag. And yep. it's like a paper, like grocery mm-hmm. bag. Everything you can fit in that, you get for that five dollars. It's a really good way to get your hands on huge amounts of knowledge that predates the revisionist history, that predates yes. a lot of this new socialist uh, revisionist yeah. movement. And, and it's the old culture. ways of doing math. It's the higher standards for language arts. You know the stuff that that we grew up with as kids, like the more stringent kind of you know, English grammar and, and math that actually fucking makes sense. Not this common yeah. core bullshit. Yeah. It's no. doing, doing math in a way that, I mean, doing math in a way that makes sense. It's a lot of it's history that, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of history that you should teach. That's mo- more modern where, you know, uh, we've discovered things since then we've learned things since then there, there are pieces that, you know, fell into place since then that we now know that right. are still valid and still worthy of study. But right. a lot of, you know, starting them out with that and using that as a grounding can make a huge difference. For and that's time. what we're doing. And I tell them the stuff in your science book, the stuff in your history book and your like geography and social studies, these things, some of them aren't accurate anymore. But what you're getting is you're getting a historical knowledge of the topic. When you get older, we'll get the more recent stuff. And by then you can kind of understand how this topic has evolved and know where it came from and where people have taken it. Make your own judgments about, you know, where it's ended up. Yeah. And being being somebody with a military history degree, like it drives me nuts that so many people now reject the older uh, historical accounts of things like things Uh that are written there, especially my my specialties in college. They're they're World War Two and the Civil War, the American Civil Mm -hmm. War. And there are so many great books written in the 50s and 60s, particularly 
about those two topics because by they, people who were there. Yeah, the historians who were able to write them could interview people who were alive at the time who could give them firsthand accounts. And a lot of that stuff then becomes source material and for, World War II, for the, the new historians ones. Historians probably witnessed most of it for themselves. Oh yeah. And I mean, take that yeah. with a grain of salt because there's some there's some World War II historians, like there are a few German World War II historians. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh good lord. But <laughs> <laughs> Madman well, Hitler right and history. Rommel could do no wrong and Ooh. just they're they're wrong. But there are there's a lot of solid evidence there, a lot of solid information that I think people need to really learn how to go back and find again so that you yeah. can understand things from a more objective perspective. Right. You need a more holistic view of the topic. Yeah, and it's and yeah. especially with the internet with the invention of Wikipedia, everybody goes to Wikipedia and goes, "Okay, that's the be all end all on the topic. And they never look any further. And it's like they never even click on the links at the bottom of the fucking article, the source links. Could yeah. it be that they lack critical thinking skills? It could be, yeah. which brings up an interesting idea. <laughs> never been taught. Linked in our comments or linked, linked in our There um, is a link description. in the description Gosh. for a workbook that you as a parent can use. To help teach your children. Look at that. Andrew's got a copy of it right there hey, on the screen. Look at this. <laughs> this, for this is an interesting book. A critical thinking workbook for beginners. And the minimum age recommendation is somewhere around nine years old. Okay. So, you know, people are using it with kids <laughs> as young as that and really enjoying which, it. Which means but, about half of you voters will be able to understand it. Right. And there, I know of people who are reading it. <laughs> to even younger children and using it as a way to start conversations with them. Yeah. Um, and it's my, my daughter's 11. I'm going to start working with her on it. Um, she's probably going to be up here this summer. So I'm going to be working with her on it. And I, cool. Lindsay, Lindsay's start, like her introduction to critical thinking. I mean, she went through all of high school and, you know, she was an archeology span major in college and her introduction to serious critical thinking was that book really and us working she never had it. it before that she'd wow. never had i mean all the way through i mean in archaeology and she'd never had any and kind that of workbook is just like the bare bones basics of aristotelian logical you know argumentation uh, you know it's it's really super basic it's like 22 pages of information and then like a journal, guided journal for the rest of the book. Yeah. So. And you want yeah. to talk about something that's demonstrative of the difference between private education and public education and why I laugh at so many people who hate on private Christian schools. I went to a private Christian school my uh, junior and the first half of my senior years. And guess what class I got to take in that school? Logic 101. Yeah. Guess what class? I got asked, well, I don't know, is that a science class or what is that? When I transferred back to public school the second half of my senior year. What? Logic 101. They had no idea what that even meant in a public People school. People think that logic is this nebulous term that just means you said something that made sense. No, logic is an actual <laughs> fucking discipline. It's an actual like philosophical discipline that you can train yourself to take part in. There's there's a line in the and one of one of my absolute favorite favorite movies is called A Ranger Cooking a Hole in the Sky. And there's this guy, this guy, this this kid's name is Red. 
and Jerry O'Connell plays the other character, and and Red's talking, and Jerry O'Connell goes, uh, he, he he says, "Have you ever, for once in your life, considered all the available information, dug through it all of it up on your on your own, and came to your own individual logical conclusion or something?" And the kid <laughs> go, and the kid goes, "Why would I go through all that trouble?" Yeah. Yep. And that oh. sums up the current generation. I mean, yeah. that's that sums up the. Why world would you? Right my now. question is, why would you let someone else do your thinking for you? I don't know. I mean, oh, yeah. just but, the idea that, that fucking gives me anxiety that I'm going to yep. make a fool of myself because I listened to a fool. Yep. But that's a on the Segway meter. That's like a a three out of ten. <laughs> but, but hey, before we segue, buy my book. Buy Derek's book. It's linked in yep. the description. Yeah. It's worth the money, well, kids. Or just go on Amazon and Google her name. It'll come up. Yeah. If you put my name <sighs> into Amazon, you will find my book. Yeah. If you can remember how to spell her name. Yep. Uh, yeah. Derica Klaus. Good luck. Claus. Fan right. <laughs> accused of driving through a Republican voter registration tent arrested. And, they should have uh, put spikes around the tent just like people do with the Trump signs. They should have built a wall. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Apparently. Well, yeah. Hours after a van plowed through a Republican Party tent where volunteers were registering voters, Jacksonville police arrested a 27-year-old man on two counts of aggravated assault on a person over 65 years old, criminal mischief, criminal mischief and driving without a license. So he did it on purpose. It wasn't like a... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He didn't absolutely. lose yeah. control. No, he no. aimed yeah. for this specifically. Yeah, right. uh, Jacksonville Sheriff's Office identified Gregory William Lowell Tim as the person behind the wheel of the van that struck and struck the tent set up in the parking lot of a Walmart Supercenter. Uh, Tim is accused of pulling up, driving through the tent, and striking the tables. Quote, it happened so quickly, said Nina Williams, a volunteer. I just barely got out of the way. Uh, Lieutenant Larry Gale said that after driving through the tent, the driver, now identified as Tim, stopped, took a video, and flipped off the people that were inside the tent before driving away. Oh, my God. So, no, th- thankfully nobody was injured, number one. Nobody nobody was hurt. So, but yes. Um, There's a guy whose parents never bought him Think for Yourself, a critical thinking workbook for beginners. <laughs> So they're, I mean, they're tearing into the guy's soul. That's the segue. I'm just tying it back into the segue point. He's originally, he's originally from Arizona and like was studying for something. I don't remember. It doesn't matter, but that's uh, who he is is besides the point. God. The point here is the polarization of politics and Uh the lack of critical thinking skills and lack of actual education. Yep. That ties back into what you guys were just talking about. So we don't have to go over all that again, but, um, yeah. Indoctrination and education are two entirely different things. Schooling and education are entirely different things. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to find, I know I saw the numbers once upon a time, the kind of actual, the, the energy generated by a car hitting you at 35 miles per hour. Jeez. It's, um, it's, it, it is, it is definitely fatal at impact. 
um, or has the capacity to be fatal. Humans are remarkably resilient. So yeah. Um, but bounce. Yeah, we. You well, know, the younger you are, the easier it is to bounce. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we're 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 bendy and we're flexy, uh, <laughs> and and it is really impressive the things that. Well, we maybe can you're, bendy, Andrew, you're bendy. You're bendy. Sure, I want to think I'm about not, that too hard. I but... am not bendy. I am not bendy at all. Um, <laughs> at my age, you don't bend; you crackle. <laughs> yeah, yeah me too. I I snap like a twig at this point. <laughs> yeah. um, if I try to go too far, but the the. I mean, you consider what he did, and he wasn't charged either with assault with a deadly weapon. No. And But that's exactly what it was. Yeah, that is exactly what that is. You're talking about something that weighs probably, what, 3,500 pounds, 4,500 pounds, mm-hmm. traveling at 25 to 30 miles an hour at impact. He, If mm-hmm. he had made contact with anyone, he would have killed them. Yeah, aggravated yeah. assault on a person over sixty-five, or two yeah, counts, two counts of aggravated assault on a person over sixty-five. So there are two old people there. Yeah, criminal mischief and what driving he without, did driving without a license. What he did was every bit as deadly as shooting a gun at somebody. Yeah, or Charlottesville when that yeah. dude drove into yeah. a crowd. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, is we don't have like car control. Not like they want to do gun control. They don't have like car confiscation and car like red flag, you know, car red laws. Red flag car laws. <laughs> <laughs> you're unstable. I'm afraid you're going to have to give me your keys. But the thing that kills me about people that want gun control is they act like they don't give a fuck about the statistics and, and the actual rate of these problems. It's like they're so emotionally involved in this idea that if you get shot with a gun, you're somehow more dead than if you get fucking hit by a car. <coughs> that's, what, that's what we need. We need a uh, coronavirus free zones. That, that'll that'll stop it. Yeah. But newsflash, dead is dead. It doesn't matter if it's a fucking car or a gun mm-hmm. or you took too many pills or you dropped your fucking you know, charging iPhone in the bathtub while you were in there. Well, dead is dead. And guns aren't any scarier than any other fucking way to die. Well, that that's, that's the thing about guns as, as opposed to, as opposed to automobiles is firearm. Firearms is a very polarized item. It's a very polarized object. Uh, uh, the, the discussion is very polarizing because right. you're, you're, you're either, you're either there, there's, 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 two extremes when it comes to firearms right which is our our view right which mm-hmm. is an unabated get whatever you want blah 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 and then there's like nobody should have it and then there's a whole bunch of moderates in the middle yeah right well p- some people should have them for hunting and self-protection and blah 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 but i was talking ARs. to one of those oh they're okay for hunting people at a party last weekend nobody no. needs an <laughs> ar-15 for hunting and i was like lady it's the exact same fucking rifle as a hunting rifle my Are god you kidding? i literally use my ar my my 300 blackout ar is my deer gun i and use then she it said, to hunt. you guys you guys <laughs> i love it when they say this she said nobody needs a semi-automatic and i was like do you fucking know what semi-automatic is she's like well those, you know, nobody needs the one that ones that can kill a bunch of people really fast. I was like, oh my god! So <laughs> oh a my god. Uh, An cannon automatic... from eighteen sixty loaded with grape shot. Yeah, I... seriously. <laughs> people think semi-automatic 
mean what automatic actually fucking mean. Like these people don't even know what the hell they're talking about. And I mean, you know, and part they think of they're that... qualified to talk about it, you know, to to direct public policy on it. Oh yeah, and I love to I love to bring that up to people. I'm like, okay, so have you ever seen cowboy action shooting? Have you ever seen how fast you can fire a lever gun? Fuck yeah. Because that's that's faster. The people who are regulars in cowboy action shooting can fire their lever action Henry, which was designed in before the Civil fucking War. War. Yep. And in mass production before <laughs> the Civil War. Yeah. Pump um, action shotgun. Just slam yep. fire. Uh, slam you, fire. You pick up yeah. an 1897. Uh, Remington shotgun, Trent the trench sweeper. The trench sweeper, slam fire. You yeah, can that's... slam fire that thing real quick. But I mean, but like, to me, that's not the not the point. The point was right. that she no, didn't. It's... She but didn't what know it... what the fuck she was talking yeah, about. Right. Even and with the, the terms, the words that were coming out of her own mouth, she didn't even fucking know what they really meant. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and that's that's the thing, and that's why, like, I have some anti-gun relatives. I'm sorry. Apparently, mental illness runs in my family. Um, we already knew that. Well, Andrew. You're, 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 you're Irish. <laughs> but... <laughs> we we knew this. <laughs> yeah, but um, I I have members of my family who are who are relatively anti-gun, and they'll they they have given up trying to argue it with me because as soon as I'm like, okay, so when you say semi-automatic, do you mean a gas operated semi-automatic recoil operated semi-automatic? Are we talking about a delayed recoil semi-automatic? Are we talking about direct blowback? What are we, what are, what are we discussing? Or here? are you in fact talking about an automatic and you're using the wrong fucking yeah. term? Or are you it? talking about automatic, which means that it's, and then, and then I had somebody, cause I brought up home built guns and I had somebody say, Oh, well they're just too complicated for the average person to make. Have you ever seen <laughs> a straight blowback Nine millimeter open bolt submachine gun. Do you know how many parts move in that weapon? Three. <laughs> Three freaking parts move in that weapon, and that is it. It is the simplest weapon to build on the planet fucking Earth. Don't yeah. give me that bullshit. Yeah, well, that, yeah back, back back to my point my point about polarization is is like this person did this this person was politically motivated mm-hmm. to run over GOP strangers supporters. to run over GOP. Not they weren't strangers. They were GOP. Let's let's right. Well, what in, it, in what his, it, in, in his right. mind, they, they, they were, the, they were the enemy, but they were the, never met is what I mean, because yeah. he assumed their views based on the political party they were signing up to vote with. Yes. He thought he knew them well enough to fucking try yes. to mow them down. Yes. Well, see, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be the dissenting opinion here because people who you honestly believe politically are destroying your way of life and are tyrannical and are attempting. If you honestly believe that that's what they're doing, they're being tyrannical and they're attempting to destroy your way of life and they're attempting to subjugate you. Killing them doesn't seem terrible. Yeah, that's my dissenting opinion. I, I'm pointing no, out. I'm here. not. I mean, I'm not, I got to see. I'm not going to argue against that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so right. if that's I mean, what you believe, 
<laughs> yes. But if, if you're, I if, understand. you're a, if you're a 27-year-old kid yeah. well, in a I'm, van trying saying... to run over 65-year-old women yeah. registering voters. Yeah. Come on yeah. now. Yeah, and that's and the see, thing. That's they, why... All they were doing is registering voters. Yeah, this comes back to that whole critical thinking thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not something I can't do. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Critical thinking. I just I don't turn it off. So I no, I agree. I can't I can't understand somebody who finds it justified just because they know somebody else's political position. I don't care well, if you think their political position is oppressive. I have to see like direct action against me before I'm going to well, treat somebody that way. That's that's the difference. You're not politically radicalized. Exactly. Right. Well, and that's the because thing, the antidote or the the inoculation, mm-hmm. if you will, against polarization is critical. It's critical thinking. thinking. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, that's but that at the same time, too, that's that's the danger is that what's happened uh, in the United States, especially recently, is mm-hmm. that you are seeing a forced polarization, which is a false polarization because they're actually yes. both on the side here. You're seeing a forced polarization to the point of militarization. Uh-huh. Divide and conquer. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. political mm-hmm. movements where neither one has actual principles. Yep. And they are malleable based on the cult of personalities. Yes. So whatever big personality someone's saying people are now getting to this point where they're willing to literally kill someone just for having the wrong ideas for having a differing opinion. Right. In their mind, the wrong ideas. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's, that's the point. That's where it becomes dangerous because oh, yeah. I fully support the idea that if someone's true, if you truly believe that someone is truly a threat to your life, liberty and happiness Uh like you truly believe and and the happiness one that's that that's that has to come in conjunction with the other two if someone's just making you unhappy don't go out and fuck kill them that's what psychopaths do assholes don't sit there and tell me that that's what i advocated so we're talking pursuit of happiness yeah if you're your own quest for it you have a right to your own quest for happiness yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. If you well, truly believe that somebody is interfering with that, I completely understand why mm-hmm. you would feel the need yeah. to enact violent action against them. Mm-hmm. However, I understand the sentiment. Right. I get that. However, this is a person who, in their mind, just has a differing political view and wants to voice their opinion. Like, oh. this isn't a oh, I'm going to take action against you kind of person. This is a, I'm going to ask other people if maybe I can have this person who I want in charge, mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And you're threatening to kill them. Yeah. With your vehicle. Not just threatening, trying to, yeah. taking yeah. action. See, I'm that's talking. where the difference is. Like, I get up in my feelings. There's people that I think, legitimately are fucking oppressing me and everybody else around them. You know, obviously I feel that way about voters. We all know I feel that way about voters, but difference is I'm not going to take action because I know how to think 
critically mm-hmm. about these things. If I take action, those people think they're right too. They think they have the right opinions. They think I'm wrong, mm-hmm. right? As long as it's all just thinking and talking, nobody has done anything that warrants fucking physical force. And they weren't even voting themselves. They were just registering people, assisting people with registering to vote. They're literally filling out paperwork (laughs) and that's it. That's all these little old ladies are doing. You rammed your vehicle at a bunch of little old ladies because they were filling out paperwork, you fucking psychopath. Like, yep. <laughs> yes. Yep. And that's, that's what the product it's of to. your university system, America. Congratulations. That's, see, you know, and I used to laugh. I laugh for a little bit about the Trump derangement syndrome thing, but it fucking exists. And this is a demonstration it's, of it. And it's the, not really funny anymore. Trump, Trump, Trump derangement. It's just pathetic. Trump derangement is is it's it's a symptom of this is is yeah. what it really comes to it's right. it's it's not it's not the reason or the cause it is it is a system of the root issue right and that is that that is the government has got to the point where people are killing each other over a difference of opinion of who should run this country of who and should the tell them thing what is- to do. This should tell us something. Here's an important point. This should fucking tell us something. People are so afraid of the wrong person being in power that they're willing to kill over it. Yes. Does that not maybe tell people that the problem (laughs) might be how much power these people have to begin with? Absolutely. If 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 you're worried about the wrong people being in office, the uh, office shouldn't fucking exist. Thank you. See, and that's an issue that has been speaking of my having focused on the American Civil War. That's an issue that has existed at least since the 1860s in a very real way. No, 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 no. This is an issue that's existed in the entirety of human history. The fucking yes. War of the Roses tore England apart in the 1500s. Because well, and it did. It did. But what I'm saying is in the United States, where this became right. this polarized, right. this violent. Remember, where remember, remember the 5th of November. Concern, right? Yep. I mean, the original Timothy yeah. McVeigh. Yeah. Well, see, and he wanted to instill a Roman Catholic a, a, monarchy. Yeah. And, yeah. And they, we're not going to get into that right now. And yeah. why that's, that's, guy that's, stupid, that's a rabbit hole. Yeah, got but, box. Yeah, that's a fucking... <laughs> we're not going to get into that. But the important yeah. point, though, is that like in the United States, where that's really been incredibly obvious, has been for a hundred and fifty years, and the United States has only existed an extra what eighty eight, eighty nine years beyond that. Before that, well, Something like, like that, yeah, it was, it was. You know, it was about a hundred years before that, or no, ninety, yeah, ninety to yeah. hundred somewhere. Because remember, Gettysburg yeah. Address, four score and seven right, years right. ago, it's eighty-seven. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, that's so you're you're not looking at a huge amount of time for the United States to get politically to this point where people are literally willing to kill each other actively over disagreements. Yeah. Politically. Right. And, and it wasn't even a disagreement because. He didn't talk to the people. Yeah. Yeah. Like there wasn't any interaction. He just like. He just disagreed slowly, with 
the political party that they were identified yeah. with. Well, and the literally, funny thing is, is it's that... like it, it's it, it was literally what they could have represented. I, I don't right. know if that, if that makes sense, but yeah, it's yeah. it's it's what they could have represented that he took issue with. Right. Or what he assumed they represented. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and Lincoln, you know, Lincoln didn't even entirely disagree with the South because he was still a racist. I really right. didn't catch flat that and you can all go well, fuck yourselves true. i've studied it's him true. more it's than true. you have and he was a racist prick the and he north, wasn't anti-slavery the north, was the not north still had slaves the north still had slaves until the end of the civil war till the till the 14th amendment's passed yeah look at well look at look at maryland that stayed part of the union look at kentucky that stayed mm-hmm. part of the union so. these are states that had slavery and were allowed to keep their slaves even after the Emancipation Proclamation because it only applied to states in a state of quote unquote rebellion. Which uh-huh. which arguably he didn't have any authority over because he, they had already seceded. Yeah, and the idea behind and that was and, to deny those states extra troops that slavery yeah. right. would and give in, them. Yeah, and oh. it, it came from it oh that gets I could yeah. go on for days about that. But yeah. So he's not what your is, fucking school yeah, history books yeah, say he, he was. Yeah, he's not. But again, my point is is that political speech has actually been militarized for quite some time in the United yes. States. And yeah. it's it it really reached ahead in eighteen six April of eighteen sixty one. It's never really totally gone away. It's now coming back to the same levels that it was then. We're seeing it again. And it's still just arguing over who do I want to tell me to run my life, this guy or that guy. And if you are willing to kill someone... Which pile of shit would I rather be standing in? (laughs) Right. If you're willing to kill someone over shit sandwich or giant douche. Douche. Right. (laughs) At that point, you need to question your life fucking choices. Yes, you do. Jesus, you're nuts. (laughs) And there's a book that can help you do that, coincidentally. (laughs) (laughs) When did we decide this episode was going to be an ad for Derek's book? Yeah. That should should be the the, the title of this article, just the the URL to Derek's book. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's the title. Yeah. Or just buy Derek's book. Yeah. All right, let's, let's get on to something even more infuriating. Yeah, while they're dividing us and pitting us against each other, they're screwing all of us over. And here's the fucking <laughs> here's the segue. That's Are we talking z- about the? That's a zero out of ten on the segue. Beer. I know, I know. <laughs> all right, know. this is this is actually I was really update, reaching, but this is actually an update on a previous topic that we discussed. Oh, I thought you were going to uh... talk about the Chevron article. Sorry. <laughs> oh, well, that after this we'll get oh, to okay. that article. All right. Okay, so um. That was a good segue for the Chevron article, goddammit. You wasted it. <laughs> put Fucking it, put it, wasted it. Put it back in your pocket. Okay. God damn it. Okay. Um, uh, previous article, uh, uh, Tilly Buchanan, um, like her and her and her husband and the family, like, or her and her husband had been like in the hot tub or whatever, and she came and they, they came inside and they were changing. And she was topless, and the kids came down the stairs. The stepkids came down the stairs, and they saw her topless. Right? No, no right. issue there. No issue there with the kids or with right. the dad. But the kids told the mom. The mm-hmm. mom was bitter, filed charges, uh, for like 
for the kids seeing the stepmom topless, and it was a Are big. Are you suggesting? And that unfortunately that for this chick, they live. Unfortunately for this chick, they live in the biggest theocracy state Utah, in the yes. fucking U.S. In Salt Utah. Lake City. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so she was charged with um, lewdness, lewdness, like lewdness in the presence of children or something like that. So, right. Um, and then she fought it. And so, okay, this is a, a judge refused to overturn part of Utah's lewdness law Tuesday, and they blow to a woman who's fighting criminal charges after her stepchildren saw her topless in her own home. Judge Kara Pettit sided with prosecutors who argued that lewdness is commonly understood to include women's breasts in American society. No, it's not. <laughs> it isn't. Hold no. on. Hold on. Judges should not second guess what lawmakers have decided is lewd conduct, she wrote. Isn't that literally <laughs> the judge's that's, that's fucking l- job? Yeah, that's, yes. That's literally their purpose according according to checks and balances and federalism. That is literally, literally their, their point. Yes, that's like that right. meme that I wrote today. Oh, the American me and me in seventh grade. The American system was built on its checks and balances. And then it's got that. Well, that was a fucking lie. Guy. Well, so that was <laughs> a fucking lie. So that was a fucking lie. Wait, okay. It wasn't immediately clear whether Tilly Buchanan Tilly Buchanan would appeal the ruling. If she does not, her misdemeanor charge would move forward towards trial. If convicted, she could face jail time and be forced to register as a sex offender for 10 years. God. That's Ten not okay. Years. Yeah, 10 can... years as a registered sex offender because she was topless in her own fucking home. While she was a... changing after getting out of the hot tub. Yeah, while she was changing. Yes. yes. Uh, Buchanan and the American Civil Liberties Union of Utah had pointed to a court ruling that overturned a topless ban in Colorado and helped fuel a movement. They said Utah's law on lewdness involving a child is unfair because it treats men and women differently for bearing their chest. Uh A global movement movement advocating for the rights of women to go topless called the Free the Nipple Campaign has seen mixed results fighting similar ordinances in other parts of the country. So blah, 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 blah. But yeah, um... So, yeah, the the judge agreed with the law. And this fucking line, right? Judges should not second-guess what lawmakers have decided is lewd conduct. That's a a quote from the judge. Nice. So that was a fucking lie. (laughs) I agree. I agree that under... Now, I, I don't think any government should exist, but I agree that under the reading, the proper reading of the Constitution, judges should not attempt to legislate from the bench and it, it suddenly create laws ex nihilo. Right. That means out of nothing for those of us who haven't learned Latin. Um, I agree that they shouldn't do that, but that isn't the request here. Right. The request That's... here is to just not apply a law to a situation that it clearly was not meant wait, to okay. cover. Okay, I, I was wrong. It wasn't in the pool. Uh, they were um, the couple had stripped down after installing insulation in the garage. Oh, so they had like fiberglass fibers in their yeah. clothes and shit. Yeah, you so, gotta get but, that shit off of your skin. Yeah, and he so, he wasn't. Yeah, he was not charged. They were both in a similar state of undress. He was not charged with anything. 
So to put this in perspective, imagine for a moment that you are a woman and you are working with your husband on a vehicle. You get sprayed with gasoline. It ignites. You pull your shirt and bra off because they're on fire. Your child walks in because they are hearing you scream. Under this current interpretation of this law, you are now guilty of lewdness in front of children. You were supposed to just burn to death. Yeah. Yeah. Now you get 10 years in prison. Yeah. 10 years as a registered sex offender. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 years, yeah. It, there was some prison time, but okay. the 10 years was registered sex offender. Okay, okay. Uh, city prosecutor Ryan Robertson applauded the judge's ruling in a statement. Quote, we are pleased that Judge Kara Pettit agreed with our arguments about the constitutionality of Utah's lewdness in the presence of children statute. We support the court's findings in this case that the government has... The government has an important interest in enacting laws that protect the health, safety, welfare, and morality of children and that prevent, prevent them from being exposed to lewdness. I miss the point where this is currently the 19th century, the morality of children. Yes. Are you fucking kidding me? How did you miss the part where this is the 19th century? We said Utah. Well, that's true. Yeah. And yeah. Mormons. Yeah. Yes. The most, the, the magic underwear people. Yes. That's, yes. No, no, no. God is a space alien who has given his own planet magic underwear and shit. So everybody who lives yeah. in Utah who's not yeah. a Mormon it, gets to live <laughs> under the Church of Mormon. Yeah. And it, it's not like, it's not like, anyways. like, it's not like the, the children were there and she stripped. No, like right. they, they were taking their clothes off and the kids came down the stairs into the garage. Right. And saw them because yes. they had pulled their clothes off because they were covered in something mm -hmm. that can cause serious skin issues and needs to be removed. Right. And I just, it, I mean, <laughs> it kind of leaves you speechless, doesn't it? It does. It's, I it's don't have a good, like, solid, witty response here because it's that level of absurdity. No, yeah. I just I just want to flip my desk over. Yeah. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Ten years as a registered sex offender because you went, oh, God, this is really itchy and causing skin irritation and pulled your shirt it's off. It's not even and then children walked down the stairs. It's not even because of that, because her husband did the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. It's because she, because, has she, because she has some normal protrusions on the front of her body that are part of you have naturally. oh god you have mammary glands so clearly you're not men allowed. have them too they're just not as developed men as have protrusions men have protrusions also Derek. well men have mammary <laughs> glands believe it or not this is what i'm saying um women's just happen to be more developed usually thank so. god for that <laughs> <laughs> usually usually that's uh, but oh. no, I mean, the, the other thing, though, that drives me nuts about this is that they like re flat out reject the fact that so many states are starting to go, oh, shit, this whole like women can't be topless law is sexist. And they're yeah, and discriminatory. It's, yeah, it's discriminatory and we shouldn't. And and we're you know, treating half the population differently than the other half under the law. Well, statistically more than half, actually. Yeah. But yeah. the the other thing that is ridiculous is if she had been whipping a boob out to feed a baby mm -hmm. magically. Yeah. Oh, this isn't, this isn't lewdness anymore. Right. Right. Well, 
Which we're not saying that breastfeeding is lewd either. Breastfeeding absolutely absolutely no, no, it's not not lewd. Any kind of lewd. The baby's hungry, and you're using your boob for what the boob was intended. Okay, right. That's the natural function of that fucking body part. That's exactly what it's supposed to do. That's what it's supposed to do. But and the baby why? needs to fucking eat or the baby dies. Right. See but why works? is why is it not sexual in that instance, but magically mm. somehow becomes sexual? And by calling it lewdness, that's what they're calling it. They're calling it a mm. sexualization. Yes. So they're you, saying that her boobs are sexual magically. No, her uh, lewdness is defined as crude and offensive in a sexual way. Exactly. Yeah, sexual though. So they're sexualizing like... her breasts in this context. But me- if there had been a baby present that was breastfeeding, it magically would not have been a sexual right. thing for the kids to walk downstairs and see, or even be standing in the same room. Yeah. So wait. either breasts are sexual or they are not. This is like Schrodinger's titties. <laughs> That should be the name of the episode right there. Schrodinger's That's Schrodinger's titties. I'm right, there we I'm go. Writing we got that our down. title. I'm writing that down. Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's titties. <laughs> you guys missed me. Admit it. We don't get to have those kinds of comments without you here. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I have that down in my notes now. All right. Schrodinger's But... So the concept yeah. is, depending on the perception of the one who is looking at the titties, determines whether they are sexual or not, which is bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's, Things are what they are, and it doesn't matter how that's, somebody that's else what, views them. It's, it's, it's using the law to enforce subjective moral values. Yes. Yeah, and I can guarantee you that those children didn't find it sexual. They're just, and when they remarked to whoever, to their mother, they were just like, oh, haha, we came downstairs no, like, and she, they were. Like, the, article, the article said that the kids were initially embarrassed. Like, okay, you're embarrassed. Okay, yeah. that's it. You're embarrassed. I bet she was embarrassed too. Yeah. yeah. I bet she like turned around as soon as the kid like it's turned not- her back to them and. You know, she wasn't saying yeah, like, like oh, you're, you're touch them or something. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't like, hey, do you like my titties? Like, this isn't a Pornhub video, all right? Right. Just because she's there's, her stepmom. There's no, there, there's no pizza delivery. <laughs> yeah. Well, just because she's their stepmom does not mean that that is the direction this progresses. Yes. Right? She's yes. she's just trying to get stuff off. Yeah, those Mormon dudes watch too much fucking Pornhub. <laughs> There, I think Utah is like in the top like five percent or that would not fucking surprise me in the least. Like hours viewed of Pornhub, yeah, Yeah. because it's when you're a Mormon and you're horrendously sexually repressed. All right, yes, I just for cringeworthy segue (laughs) undercover cops hired 118 handymen, then arrested them for not having licenses. Fucking pirates, I. This article pisses me off so Oh, it makes me so mad. Much. The residents Uh, of Hillsborough County, Florida, can sleep safely tonight following the arrest of 118 people for performing unlicensed contracting work as part of Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office sting known as Operation House Hunters. 
they're literally so first of all they're mocking them and they're literally, literally. going after literally. literally this is not an exaggeration they're literally targeting average working men yep because they don't they haven't purchased the government's permission to right. perform yeah not only repairs. average working men but probably the poorer ones because they couldn't afford to get the license yeah Guys for whatever reason to... or it's a side hustle trying to support their family because they yeah. don't make enough at their regular job yeah guys trying to make money doing hold hard on, hold work on, wait, wait, that you're wait, not willing wait. to do yeah wait, that their hold, customers hold are the willing to hire them to do hold hold the rage until the end of the next paragraph and then you can explode the Sting saw sheriff's deputies post as homeowners seeking handymen on social media to do jobs that required licenses. The unsuspecting handymen would be lured to one of five homes where undercover deputies filmed their performing or agreeing to perform prohibited tasks like painting or installing recessed lighting. Because those two things are so okay. fucking dangerous. Because they took a a bunch of liquid with pigment in it, put it in a brush, and wiped it across a hard surface. They need a fucking license. They need the government's permission to paint. But here, it's it's Schrodinger's fucking activity this time because if those were wall-sized canvases, mm-hmm. they wouldn't need the government's permission to paint. Right, because those. now it's covered under the first fucking amendment. Right. Uh, The stings were carried out between March and December (laughs) of last year. The arrests were announced Wednesday. Quote, these 118 con men and women were posing as contractors and preying on innocent homeowners. The con men were the fucking con. Oh, my God. And preying. Andrew's going to have an aneurysm. (laughs) Quote. Okay, this is is a, a quote from the county sheriff. Uh, quote, these 118 con men and con men and women were posing as contractors and preying on innocent homeowners in Hillsborough County who were just looking to repair or improve their home. Oh, my God. Andrew is shaking. I'm so <laughs> fucking pissed. Like, it's just. Hold on. Hold on. Hillsborough County oh. Sheriff Chad. Chad Coinster in a Tuesday press conference. The mug shots of those picked up in the sleeps were displayed behind him on big posters during the during the, during the press conference. There they so, are on display. So, you, so so proud they are. So you, those people are hurting literally nobody. They are literally well, well, helping. It gets it gets worse. It gets worse. The county sheriff's office also released a compilation video of some of the handymen caught up in the sting operation. I'm sorry. Do they have a broadcasting license? Hold on. Only eight to find out. Only eight of the people arrested as part of Operation House Hunters were repeat offenders. The other 110 were arrested for first time offenses. The bulk of those charges were, quote, Unlawful acts in the capacity of a contractor. A misdemeanor offense that could come up with a $1,000 fine and a 12-month jail sentence. Repeat violations can result in a felony charge. So, oh, my God. Because you didn't give the government their fucking cut. So, to recap here. 
you engaged in agent provocateur behavior to entrap people uh-huh. to do manual labor, which you were unwilling, according to you, to do yourselves. Uh-huh. Which is largely regarded as basic unskilled labor. <laughs> or minimally skilled you labor. You then paraded their faces around, mocked them, publicly ridiculed them, and are going to charge them with something for which they can spend a year in prison, in a fucking cage for it, because they were willing to show up and do work for you, manual labor, to earn a few bucks, and you are now going to fucking pretend... That they were the con men because nah. they didn't. That they were. You. That they were preying <coughs> on the preying on homeowners. Now this they're, is they're the, the same because they didn't pay you their fucking protection money. Now this is the same concept as the difference between prostitution and pornography. Mm-hmm. It would be totally legal if that guy went to that person's house and did those repairs. And just didn't get paid for it. Right. The and literally he, the only difference is that the person is paying him to do it. Right. If he had shown and now up it's and illegal. Done it as a friend, yeah. and then a few days later, the guy was like, "Hey, let me buy you a thirty pack of beer." Yep. That I appreciate. Right, hold on. It gets. Hold on. Just there's a couple couple paragraphs here, and then it'll explode again. Uh, the sheriff's sting operation netted few criminal masterminds uh, is not surprising. Or, uh, the netted few master criminals is not surprising to Leslie Samus, a criminal defense lawyer in Tampa, Florida, who represented, uh, who has represented clients caught up in these kind of sting operations. "Quote: The real con men that are trying to, the real con men that are trying to trick owner, homeowners, as usual, are usually too experienced to get caught up in these type of sting operations. So the stings tend to catch someone." That crosses the line in an unsophisticated way. Frequently, she says, officers will hire a handyman on the pretext of performing work that doesn't need a license. And then during the course of the job, ask them to do something that does, like unhooking a toilet or laying some tiles. Quote, when the handyman says no, then the undercover detective moves the conversation to something else and then comes back to the question later in a different way. By by that time, the handyman gets to the location. They want to make the homeowner happy and end up agreeing to perform the work that they didn't intend on doing when they arrived. The undercover detectives are just creating a crime that probably wouldn't have occurred otherwise. Which is Asian provocateur and fucking illegal. Yeah, that's entrapment. Oh, it's absolutely entrapment. Yeah. It's, you're intentionally creating a situation for someone to break a law Without them realizing that they're breaking the law, you are entrapping them. You are literally them. pressuring them to break the law. The con men, the people preying on other people, are the fucking cops. And as far yeah. as I'm concerned, yep. they're the ones who deserve to be paraded around. They're the ones who deserve to be exposed. And they're the ones who deserve a lot of things that under Brandenburg, I'm not given protection to say. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Quote, uh, the sting operations raking big money and fines and court costs, Simon says. Quote, catching real criminals actually committing a crime is much harder. 
You fuck think? these motherfuckers. Fuck that fucking police force. I hope every one of them winds up with some form of necrotizing fasciitis and gets eaten from the inside out. Hopefully butthole. Fight. I was going to say you gonorrhea, but I like fucking pieces of shit. Yeah. You fucking <laughs> subhuman scum. You are preying on a bunch of fucking people who are just Honest trying to people. earn a fucking living. Yep. And you are preying on them and intentionally manipulating them so that you can throw them in jail so you can be like, look at all the good we're doing because you're too lazy, stupid, and inept to actually go after people who are really doing fucking crimes because that would be yeah. too fucking hard. And people wonder why I don't cry when a cop gets fucking shot in the face in New York City sitting in his fucking van. This shit right fucking here. Yep. You feel better getting that all that off your chest, Andrew? <laughs> all right, only so you, slightly. You're getting it all off your Schrodinger cities. The uh, the compilation video, uh, <laughs> it's, it, uh, the compilation <laughs> video on YouTube has two thumbs up and 123 thumbs down. Yeah, well. And the co- and the comments are turned off. Oh, I'm of sure they, they are. Turn the comments off because that's how the cops respond. As soon as you start calling them out for being the cowardly, awful pieces of shit they are, they go, well, I need the HUD now. Look at the, yep. the you remember that anti-gun post where oh, every they, every time a sheriff or a police department brags about confiscating firearms or cannabis, uh-huh. the comments on that absolutely are fantastic. Did you guys see the comments on the one about the cop that was found drunk behind the wheel of his uh-huh. cruiser? Oh, yeah. And then he, and then they're not going to charge him due to lack of yeah. evidence. Yeah, not, not, yeah, not, not drunk. He wasn't drunk. He was passed yeah. out drunk. Right. That's with, what I, yeah, well. With, with four times the legal limit mm-hmm. in uniform in his police cruiser. Yep. Yep. And he's not lack facing, of evidence, and he's not facing any charges because they respected his HIPAA rights, and you know they couldn't be sure it was alcohol on his breath, so they took him to the hospital where the HIPAA rights kick in, and then of course they couldn't gather any evidence at that but point. If it was you or I, you would have been tased, beaten, possibly shot, and thrown oh, in you, a fucking cage. You would have been literally physically thrown into a fucking jail cell, and you'd be lucky if you didn't crack your uh-huh. skull open when you fucking landed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you'd be you'd this... be in a cage and a rain before the hangover started. Well, you'd be you'd be aspirating on your own vomit in the fucking bottom of a prison cell cage. While they and they wouldn't even give while well, they fucking laughed at you. Yeah. But they took this yeah. guy to the hospital. And then they made sure that it was a medical issue so that they couldn't gather any fucking evidence because he's into the same cosplay that they're into. Because he's a member of the same fucking gang and the gang will always yep. protect its own. Yep. So always. Yeah, but that's that's the shit. Like, they're preying on the average working man who can't afford to defend himself, who's just trying to earn money any way he fucking can. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's willing to do all of the jobs that you are not willing to do yourself. Or that don't is know how to do. Or yeah, or whatever. don't know how to do. And he learned, and he's doing it, and he didn't play, pay his blood money and so yep. their response is, oh, well, they're con men. At what point did any of these guys show me evidence that any of these guys even said they were a licensed 
contractor. Yeah. And well, that, show that was, me the that evidence the that any of them actually ever hurt anyone or damaged well, their yeah, property. That's right. That, one, one of the things, like, and, and the article said that they would they would ask these people to come and do work that Unlicensed. did not that did not require license. Right. And then during the course of that, they would try to get them to do work that did require license. Mm-hmm. So they like, they, literally, they but, literally like built built the case. And entrap the person. They entrap yep. them, and the thing is, and and here's the that with his in absolutely murderous fury, as I feel about all of this shit. <laughs> and Andrew's I really, sli- Andrew's slightly upset. Oh my god! Well, because I know dudes who do this. I used to oh, I do, work I do with too. guys who are day laborers. Yes, so do I. Shit, I do like, too. I, I know guys who do shit, and it, you, fucking motherfuckers. Yeah. But on top my- of that. It's look at look at the example, right? Installing a new toilet. You need to undo to replace a toilet. You need to turn a valve off, undo two bolts, lift hard, put the new one on, do two bolts, hook that back up, done. That's what it takes. And it requires a license to do those simple things. Unless Unless, it's your own home or you're helping someone for free. It's your own home or you're helping somebody for free. And magically now it's okay. And that's the shit where. It's also Schrodinger's toilet. They will argue. We've got Schrodinger's cities and Schrodinger's toilet. (laughs) Schrodinger's license. Right. But again, it's. That's. That's how this how the government works. It goes, oh well, I mean, clearly anybody can just do this, and so we couldn't regulate this. Oh, but you need to pay us blood money. And then people want to pretend that this isn't a mafia racket. Well, yeah, this that's... isn't all a mafioso racket. It fucking is. And every one of those fucking cops who's willing to enforce this shit is a fucking gangster. They are the mafioso. And if they die in the course of being a fucking mafioso, they fucking deserve it. Yeah. Uh, We we covered this. We covered the licensing before here on the podcast. Lots of Um, times. I think like 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 literally like two years ago, I think we covered one about uh, braiding hair here in California. Yeah. To, to to be to to braid hair in California requires a beautician's license, and in order to get a beautician's license, you have to go through like sixteen hundred hours of training. Yeah, and it's it's actually like beautician school is actually longer than it takes to become a police officer in the state of California. Yep. So so to braid hair, you have to go to school longer than you have to go to school to become a cop. Because yep. remember, according to the Supreme Court, ignorance of the law is no excuse <laughs> for a citizen, but ignorance of the law. If you're a cop, is okay. Oh, it's when a great excuse. When your industry sues for the right to not hire high IQ individuals, yep. there's a fucking problem. I just brought that up the other day. Kevin and I were talking about something, and I just brought that up again. Yep. Like, they, they went yeah. to the Supreme Court to defend their right to discriminate yep. against higher IQ applicants. Mm-hmm. And they also, they also have the, they also have the constitutional right to not protect people, or they have sorry they, they have no constitutional obligation to protect people. Right. I just no legal that, duty. Um, no legal duty. Yeah. The the low IQ thing in a uh, I'm I'm in a a gunsmiths and um, gun shop owners group, obviously because of oh. Iron Harvest Tactical. If anyone needs any gun sales or <laughs> are there fuds in there? That doesn't seem like a group um, that would have a lot of fuds. 
it doesn't have fuds because we murder them. Okay, um, cool. Uh, we we absolutely destroy any fuds who show up. Um, <laughs> not, it's mostly, not literally. Yeah, yeah not literally. Let's make sure. Um, yeah. It's it's uh, anybody who's like a proponent of the 4473 or anything, we destroy them pretty horrendously for it. Um, Or the the people who are like, I got an M1 Garand. It's pronounced Garand. And okay, great. (laughs) It's greatest battle rev. Okay, you need to go away, sir. Um, But that's (laughs) that's the attitude largely. Um, But I just brought that up. Where we were laughing about the fact that apparently some RSO had had to kick a cop off of their range for shooting a rifle into pistol targets and breaking them. Jesus. As he was told not to do. Uh, and we were talking about it and how dumb cops are and, and in general and how they don't understand firearms, they don't understand any of this shit, how they're all a bunch of fucking idiots in general. And we were talking about it, and I shared that link, and I got, like, a whole bunch of reactions from people going, oh, my God, they actually they actually went to court to be able to hire idiots. Yep. Yes. Yes, yeah. they did. Because intelligent because, people don't become cops. Yeah, <laughs> because intelligent people use critical, critical thinking, thinking instead of <laughs> we need, we need bell, We need bells to go off. Orders. We need, like... Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. like flashes and critical thinking and lights. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the secret word of the day. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! It's a, a mystery secret. tool that's going to help us later. And then Andrew can go. I think I have another blue clue. <laughs> yeah, it's it's our mouse tool today. There you yeah. go. Yeah. That's exactly. I mean, but that's it. Is People who think critically do not become police officers or do not, if they do. They don't stay police officers. Dumb enough to think that they help. They don't stay good, quote unquote, good police officers. Because you can be a good person (laughs) or a good cop. You cannot be both. Right. Yes. And a good cop is not. A good person. Yeah. All right. Um. Let's uh let's jump on the the article Derica brought to the table. Yeah, I only have a few minutes left. Yeah. Um how the environmental lawyer who won a massive judgment against Chevron left lost everything. Um mm-hmm. uh last August during the second hottest year on record when the fires in the Amazon rainforest were were raging, the ice sheet in Greenland was melting and Greta Thornburg was uh being greeted by adoring crowds across the US. Okay, this is a internet uh, and, and what is it? It's uh, an intercept article. So yeah, yeah, it's a biased article. <sighs> yeah, like the, um, yeah, but still the story. Is... Yeah, uh, an attorney who has been battling Chevron for more than a decade over environmental devastation in South America was put on house arrest. Uh, few news outlets covered the detention of Stephen Donzinger. Yeah, Donziger, who won a multi-billion-dollar judgment in Ecuador against Chevron over the massive contamination of the Lago Arago region, and had been fighting on behalf of indigenous people and farmers there for more than twenty-five years. Mm-hmm. So on August sixth, Don uh, Donziger left a lower Manhattan courthouse unnoticed and boarded the number one train with an ele- electronic monitoring device nearly affixed to his ankle, save for the occasional meeting with his lawyer or other court structured appointment. 
has remained there ever since. Quote, I'm like a corporate political prisoner, Don Ziegler told me as we went to the living room recently. Six attorney who is six foot three, grain and often used and often to be mistaken for New York Mayor Bill de Blasio. God, that's unfortunate. Boy, <laughs> that poor guy. Jesus. We're just able to walk streets. Uh, was surprisingly stoic and resigned about his pre- um, predicament during my two visits to the apartment. Okay, blah blah blah. Okay. Um, Basically, I'll give the backstory yeah, real quick. Uh, I guess the biggest oil companies in the world <clears throat> be flagging quote they're trying to totally destroy me. Uh, Donzinger is not exaggerating. Uh, as he was arguing the case against Chevron in Ecuador back in 2009, the company uh, expressly said it, its long-term strategy was was to uh, demonize them. And since then, Chevron has continued its all-out uh, assault on Donzinger and what's become one of the most bitter and drawn-out cases of cases in the history of environmental law. Chevron has hired private investigators to track Donzinger, created a public or uh, uh, created a publication to smear him, and put together a legal team of hundreds of lawyers from sixty firms who has su- successfully pursued an extraordinary campaign against him. As a result, Donzinger, who has been disbarred and his bank accounts have been frozen, he now has a lien on his apartment, faces uh, exorbitant fines, and has been prohibited from earning money. As of August. The court has seized his passport and put him on house arrest. Chevron, which is in the market capitalization of $228 billion, has, his fu- has the funds to continue targeting Donzinger as long as it chooses. Yeah, so basically what it boils down to is the only thing he did wrong was piss off very wealthy, very <laughs> powerful people. And these people have the resources to keep, like, like we were talking about earlier, threading these fucking needles through the law, they have a huge team of lawyers that can find them any little thing they can twist into a big issue to take this guy's freedom and basically his entire life away from him because he dared to mm-hmm. fucking sue them. It's uh, it's very, it's very uh, reminiscent of Gary Webb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's it. They, I mean, it's reminiscent. Even going back farther than that, it's reminiscent of a lot of the uh, the cattle wars, the, the uh-huh. range wars, um, back in the old west, where you had people who had huge amounts of money versus people who didn't, and uh-huh. they leveraged government constantly yep. to assault the people who tried to tell them no. Right, and this story, what what really mm-hmm. struck me about this story and why I wanted to talk about it was that at every single step through this story, the entire like chronological progression of this story, every step happened because of government. Literally, Mm -hmm. the only reason this guy is stuck in his apartment right now Mm -hmm. is because government and their interference in the market and people's lives and the power Mm -hmm. they hold over people that has perverted all of this from the very fucking beginning. The ben- not not just the American government either. You oh yeah, know, I mean, you know, Central and well. South American governments are noted for being so uncorruptible and right level. Right. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. But I'm saying, like, even in Ecuador, Chevron wouldn't have been there. Yeah. Like polluting and poisoning if it weren't for government, like yeah. granting um, them these huge tracts of land that they didn't yeah. actually own. Yeah. 
Yeah, despite uh, Donziger's current pronouncement that the case against Chevron in Ecuador was a spectacular victory, the twisted legal saga began in 1993 when Donziger and another attorney filed a class action lawsuit in New York against Texaco on behalf of more than 30,000 farmers and indigenous people in in the Amazon over massive contamination from the company's oil drilling there. Chevron, which brought which bought Texaco in 2001, has insisted that Texaco cleaned up the area where it operated and its former partner, the National Oil Company of Ecuador, were responsible for any remaining pollution. Uh, at Chevron's request, the legal proceedings over the, quote, Amazon Chernobyl were moved to Ecuador where the, co- where the courts were, quote, impartial and fair, as the oil company's attorneys wrote in the filing, filing at the time. The move to Ecuador, where the legal system does not involve juries, may have been uh, may have also appealed because it spared Chevron a jury trial. In any case, an Ecuadorian court ruled that Chevron, in 2011, and ordered the company to pay 18 billion in compensation, an amount that was later reduced to 9.5 billion. Boy, that years, worked out well for them. Yeah, after years <laughs> yeah. of struggling with health and environmental consequences of oil extraction, the impoverished Amazon plaintiffs had won a historic judgment for one of the world's biggest corporations, or one and, of the biggest corporations in the world. And that's why they're so pissed off and bitter. They thought they were rigging the system in their yeah, favor and, by and having here, it done in Ecuador, oh, and it fucking backfired yeah, on uh, uh, let's see. Don DeGuerre and his client never had a moment to savor their David over Goliath victory. Even though the ruling was subsequently upheld by the Ecuadorian Supreme Court, Chevron immediately made it clear it would not be paying the judgment. Instead, Chevron moved its asses out of the country, making it impossible for Ecuadorians to collect. Yeah. So their response. So what they tried to do was they tried to rig the system. <laughs> Chevron, Chevron filed a racketeering influence and corrupt organizations or RICO suit against Donzinger in New York City, although the suit originally sought roughly $60 billion in damages. These civil trials involving monetary claims to be more than 20 uh, entitled a defendant to a jury. Chevron dropped the monetary claim two weeks before the trial. Yeah, because they knew they would lose horrendously. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's the thing. Is So Chevron thought well, we'll we'll move it to Ecuador. We have all this money, all this power here. We'll be able to manipulate, and we could use the government. And then when the people were like, uh, no, fuck you. You did poison us, you sons of bitches. Mm. You right. do owe us for it. Chevron's like, oh, shit, we've made a grave miscalculation. Got all pissed. <laughs> Thought, okay, well, we'll move to the United States again then uh, and we'll move and all then our they, assets out. Right. And, and then they embarked on a way to keep the attorney who started it mm-hmm. from starting it again with them in the US. They're blocking him from access to the US legal system they by got doing him this. disbarred. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they so they're blocking they his could. ability to come after them here in the States. Right. Because they know that if he ever makes it back to Ecuador, which is why the passport needed to be seized, if he makes it back to Ecuador, he still has the ability to be an attorney in Ecuador. He'll still do it again. He'll go after them again. He'll win again. And then they'll be completely kicked out of the country. And they can't have that. So what they have to do is try and isolate him. And utilize the American government, which is all too happy to crawl into bed with every big business they can find. Yep. They need to leverage that. 
and they yep. dropped the suit, the the Rico suit, because they realized, oh shit, this ain't Ecuador, motherfuckers. I actually need proof. I actually mm-hmm. need shit, and I don't have any yep. of it. Yeah, they they used the U.S. government to confine a man to his home so that he couldn't cause them any more trouble. Because when yep. you're rich enough, yep. government is your, nothing but your tool. It will it's never be a hindrance. It is your tool when yep. you have enough money, like big oil does. And that's what kills <laughs> me about people who want bigger government to control the rich. All right, You know, people um, who want the government to take the rich down? Oh, I'm, yeah, they're I'm Like, are you fucking stupid? You want to increase the tool of the rich All right, since- to control them? According to Open Secrets, OpenSecrets.org, since 1990, Chevron has spent $31 million on lobbying. Surprise, surprise. You think oh, the government is going to... Like, lobbying, or, lobbying is where congressmen go after they leave Congress. They go to the fucking lobbying firms. Mm-hmm. They're looking out... For their long-term personal career goals. Let's see. By they... looking out for the companies who fucking spend big amounts on lobbying. Yeah. Um, to date, they've also spent, let's see, it's about it's about three to one. Uh, th- they spent three times as much on Republicans as they have Democrats, but they are spending on Democrats. Yeah. So. Yeah, because as They're long as you their have... Beds. Yeah, mm-hmm. as long as you hand enough money to the right people, uh-huh. you can get shit done. And it's yep. anyone who wants to pretend that the United States government is not the bitch of big enough business is an <laughs> idiot. Yeah, They are. They absolutely are. If you have enough money, you can buy congressmen. You can buy the fucking president. Yeah, but let's I mean, not also for let's not forget that business doesn't get that big without government help. Right. Oh, absolutely not. Right. Yep. You need to get in bed with them from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they will protect you. And then, because you have a ready-made army at that point, you have the, the police, you have all of these idiot order followers who are willing to put people in cages who defy you. So yes. you start out that way, and then you get big enough that you can buy... The people who even make the policies, influence them, pay them, and you can manipulate them. And it's just one step after another. And yeah, if you and and getting I mean, getting into business to begin with is so fucking expensive because government makes it expensive. It makes it inaccessible for competitors to rise up and challenge these people for business. So these companies get that big and that fucking rich because of government barriers to fucking entry for anybody who doesn't already have a shitload of fucking money. Which is exactly why the internet is a thing that so many brick and mortar businesses are campaigning against, why they're trying to convince government to go after and regulate the internet is because look at what happened to Target, Shopco, Look at what happened to Sears. Look at what Kmart, happened to all Kmart, Blockbuster. Kmart, 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 Sears, Kmart, Sears, Macy's, they're all out of business. Toys R Us. 
shop kind out of, of business. Yeah, blockbuster wow. out of fucking blockbuster. business. They're they're all out of business now because internet does it better and cheaper. And yep. so in response, the government is going after the internet businesses and wants to regulate the internet. Yep. That is what's happening. And it's Ooh. not happening because, oh, having yeah, it unregulated big... is a bad idea. It's because the businesses that it's are not paying for your safety actually no. paying yep. the salary. Big business is the country. reason big business is the reason that Alaskans aren't using natural gas that was mined in Alaska. Yeah. Right, because they can't. Because they, they can't legally because of some shipping law. That was yeah. Yeah, so exactly. So that's so what you have is big business is in charge of your life. At the end of the day, they get to make mm-hmm. those decisions. They're the ones who are doing it. And mm-hmm. these idiot socialists and these idiot big government, pro-government fucking leftists want to be like, oh, well, so the solution, because government <laughs> is clearly controlled by big business, our solution is what we need is more just government. more government. Yeah. To regulate the big businesses. To regulate That's the big not how this works. They're already in bed with. <laughs> That's not how any of this fucking works. Yeah. Government I mean, is the reason big businesses develop and get away with this bullshit. We need, the to, we need to get wolves. Yeah. We need to get wolves in the office to stop the foxes from eating the chickens. Yeah. Exactly. And that's it. Because government is force. Okay, we've talked about that before. Government is force. Business is not force. So if businesses want to force their customers into these fucking like slaughterhouse funnels right to their product, they need government force to achieve that. And that is all government is, is fucking force. They are making you their customer, whether you fucking like it or not, through government. Look, if it if, weren't there, you'd yeah. have more choices. You could avoid companies and if you with don't shitty wanna, yeah. ethics. And if you don't want to be their customer, they'll throw you in a fucking cage or shoot you in the face. Yeah, yeah or if at, you threaten their customer base like this guy. Look at how many look at how many uh, uh, states have car insurance laws. I mean, Wisconsin was one of the last, yep. and now we have it. And it's down to Alabama is the only state left that doesn't have a law that requires that you have car insurance. Well, who do you think lobbied for a law? Even the ACA. Who fucking wrote the ACA? You know? Insurance companies fucking wrote the ACA. ACA is the uh, Affordable Affordable Care Care Act. Obamacare. Obamacare. Yeah. Yeah. Who so, fucking literally, wrote that? Insurance so, company. Literally health insurance company. All right, we got we got one more, uh, just a quick one, and then uh, we'll let Derek go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Michigan mar- Michigan medical marijuana seller gets prison. Federal law has not changed. The judge said. Former owner of a medical marijuana dispensaries in several Michigan cities was sentenced on Tuesday to nearly 16 years in federal prison. My God. Danny Trevino, 47, of Lansing, who had Hydro World dispensaries in Grand Rapids, Flint, um, uh, Jackson, Lansing, and elsewhere, has avoided criminal or, or has avoided state and state criminal and civil penalties over the years, but was convicted of multiple federal charges. 
quote, states are changing or changing marijuana laws across the country. Certainly that's true, but federal law has not changed. U.S. District Judge Paul Paul Maloney said uh, Trevino sought the statutory minimum sentence of five years in prison. Maloney instead sentenced Trevino to 15 years, eight months in prison at the low end of the advisory sentence and guidelines, which range from 188 to 235 months. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to skip over that. For selling uh, a plant. Hold on. Uh, Trevino had operated dispensaries since 2010, was convicted in uh, August jury trial of 10 felony charges including conspiracy to manufacture, distribute, and possess marijuana, and maintaining a, dr- a drug-involved premises. He was not allowed to use the state's medical marijuana law as a defense to the federal charges. Nonetheless, the government said he acted outside the boundaries of the state medical marijuana laws. Uh, District Attorney Nicholas Bostick called that a fallacy. He said Trevino was successful in challenging state complaints after he had been arrested and subjected to several search warrants. He was arrested in April 2014 in Grand Rapids for delivery or manufacture of marijuana and maintaining a drug house, but charges were dropped a month later. He fought forfeiture of funds seized by police and was ultimately returned by two state courts. Trevino businesses were raided 16 times. (coughs) 16 times between 2010 and 2016, the government said. He provided, the, he provided the state with store and store records and tax records that showed the business brought in nearly $3 million. But, um, yeah, he got hit up on federal charges. Like, he got raided 16 times between 2010 and 2016. By federal and I, fucking. By, no, no, by, by the state. That by was state, a state? By, by state and local agents. Jesus. Sixteen times he beat it. He beat it all sixteen times. I guarantee you, somebody called the feds. and was like, "Hey, come get this guy," and that's that's why he got he got hooked on federal charges. And how many marijuana dispensaries are there in the U.S. now? Oh, why this guy? Why this guy? Somebody, a competitor, I bet, pharmaceutical most likely, wanted this guy out of fucking business. I bet if you peel enough layers off of this dog turd, you will find a pharma company at the fucking center of it. Yep. Oh, without a doubt. Because no one else has that interest. Yeah. It's just them. No Um, one else would have that kind of fucking boner for this guy. Yeah, Assistant U.S. Attorney Daniel McGraw said Trevino knew he acted illegally under federal law. He called Trevino, quote, defiant, unrepentant, and undeterred from committing the current federal crimes. Fuck your oh. federal laws. In, in fucking Arizona alone, okay, because there's a big push to legalize marijuana in Arizona, the maker of fentanyl, Opiate painkiller in one state in Arizona has donated $500,000 to anti-marijuana legislation in Arizona alone in the past 12 months. Yep. Mm -hmm. Not at all surprising. No. All you have to find for for these laws that oppress people. These laws that fucking take your freedoms away. All you have to do is ask that age-old question, Kebene, who fucking benefits from keeping this illegal? 
who yep. is making money off of this being illegal and yeah. that is exactly who is pushing one one of one of one of the biggest uh uh opponents of legalized marijuana is the alcohol industry yeah only, yeah, yeah, only behind pharma. It's like only behind big pharma right mm-hmm. yeah big pharma and alcohol yeah yeah things that are <laughs> killing people Things that are literally killing people every fucking day. All day, every day, their products fucking kill people. Marijuana doesn't kill people. There's literally no way to overdose on it. <laughs> what is it? What is it? You, you would need, what is it like? Like you'd have to smoke like 50 joints in an in a, in a hour or in a row or something like well, that. Right. And yeah. it's because uh, THC is also absorbed into the body in a parabolic arch, which Ooh. means that there's a point where you can get as high as you can possibly get. And if you continue to intake marijuana, the uh, THC receptors actually start shutting off and ignoring it. Yeah. And just pissing it out the body. And it actually goes down. The more you intake, once you hit that peak, the more you intake, the less your body absorbs. You can actually smoke yourself sober on THC. Yep. Yeah. I think I've done that once or twice. <laughs> that's why every that's why every good stoner has like one month a year where they reset their system and yeah. don't smoke. Just to say. See, I I don't even I that's don't even why I partake almost never in do THC, anymore because so. it's really effective for my pain if I only use it when I absolutely need to. I'll go weeks without needing it for my pain. So. Yeah, it provides the best pain relief if I don't use it very often. See, and I'm always the odd guy out in anarchist circles because I don't use it at, at all. all. Like, <laughs> not one little bit. So, like, but it doesn't mean I and don't I understand its benefits yeah, or why it's important or anything else. There's no, which is... there's no THC-infused whiskeys? <laughs> oh, I'm sure there I, are. If there are, they're not available in Wisconsin, and I'm not going to bother to drive around to find them because I'm not a fan of being high. Like I, I prefer to be drunk. Sorry. I realize I'm the opposite. I don't fucking care. That's yeah. And there, there are plenty of people who really prefer to be high. I don't. So, you know, I can still focus and function and do the things I need to do, but with less pain. Oh, see, I'm, I'm, I can focus and function when I'm drunk. I can't when I'm high. See, I can't when I've been drinking. <laughs> so, like, yeah. it's it's completely different for me. But whatever, my my physiology is different. The way my brain works is different. And it's probably because mm. I'm, according to Lindsay, probably on the spectrum. But either way, <laughs> <laughs> it's it for me. Like I, and that's why I laugh too about all these people who are like, "Oh, all you anarchists, you only want marijuana legalization because and decriminalization because." you want to get high. No, I, I actually have literally zero desire to do yeah. so. Uh, it's yeah. None. And it's not even oh. about getting high for me. It's about my pain. Well, Honestly, yeah. And it's, it's about if your I had pain. something this safe and effective for my pain that didn't give me any kind of buzz at all. That would be what I would be fucking using. Right. But I mean, the, the difference is no, the reason that the alcohol lobby, the reason that the tobacco lobby, the reason that, big pharma don't want marijuana legalization because it threatens their market shares they Mm -hmm. care about you using their products that's why i don't care about horrible 
products that fucking kill people right. all day, I don't, every day. I don't care about using the marijuana industry's products, but I want it decriminalized because I don't think government has a right to tell you what you can and can't put in your body. And right. that's the be all end all for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They want to tell you what you can and can't use because they care. They care <laughs> about the use of their products because previously they controlled everything <laughs> that was effective <laughs> for pain relief, for the things that you want to use it for. They had control of all of it. They produced it. Only a couple of companies were allowed to, and they made billions. They made all hundreds of billions of fucking dollars. All I'm saying is if you want to make America great again, legalize or decriminalize cannabis, and you have a American, U.S.-grown, U.S.-owned, U.S.-produced product. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? Budweiser yep. can't say that. Yep. Yeah. Because well, they're they're yeah. foreign they're foreign owned. And the problem with Hell, cannabis is it's not is that hard to grow. People can grow their own fucking medicine with cannabis. There's no way to without government, there's no way to fucking like um criminalize manufacture. Did we just well, conclude it. did we just conclude that pot is more American than Budweiser? It yep. is significantly. Yeah, it's and it's <laughs> well, it, it depends it, on where you get it from, it, I guess. Is well, it marijuana native to South America? Is that an African thing or is it a South American thing? I think it's South American. I think it's South American. I think no, it no, a, it's it's everywhere, actually. Yeah. Hemp is one of those things that's been growing on almost every continent of the planet. Right. right? But, I mean, but North America had hemp from its earliest days. Like that was there are there are founding fathers who made their fortune. Yeah. Well, hemp. but like like Britain had hemp before the American colonies were even a thing. That's what all their rigging on their ships was made from. Yeah, so it's it's a it, it, but I mean in terms of the United States and things being American. Yeah, hemp is Pot a that thing you buy that in helped. America came from fucking America. Yeah, right? it helped build this country. It helped. Yeah, hemp was a major thing. There are founding fathers who made their fortunes. And if with, you want are... to revitalize the American economy, if you want to revolutionize American energy, if you want to fucking get rid of like these building materials, if you want to revolutionize the housing industry, the textile oh, industry, hemp, all of hemp. these things. Hemp can fucking do it all, even paper, and it can do it all at a way lower fucking economic footprint, or I mean, well, and, a, a way lower environmental footprint. Well, right, and and think about all of our dependence, and and everybody ignores our dependence on foreign lumber. The United yes. States has mm-hmm. a serious dependency on foreign lumber. No, if most of it, hemp, most of it comes from Canada. Yeah. yeah, if you have hemp as a major crop. You no longer have that issue of foreign lumber. You no longer, yeah, you no longer have the issue of worrying about foreign oil because you can make biodiesel and you can make ultimately probably refined gasoline. I don't know if you can. They're making hardwood flooring now that is 10 times as strong and more resilient than fucking oak. And they're making it from hemp. At way less cost. Yeah, and you so. can just and and it grows what ten times faster than a tree, so yeah. you can produce enormous amounts of it very very quickly. Like yeah. 
you can produce so many things and now they've developed a way to even make uh hemp denim actually feel like regular denim yeah so at this point there's no reason not to embrace the idea of full legalization full decriminalization more importantly than legalization right um, and whatever made them think they had a right to fucking cut us off from part of nature you know what it was purely it was had- the the ban on marijuana was purely a racist thing. It was because oh, yeah, to raid Mexican uh, the actual the, right. the spelling the, okay uh, the the spelling of marijuana uses a J instead of an H because uh, they it, thought it, it to make it that they make to, to make it sound more Latino. Yep, yeah, to scare yeah. people. Mm-hmm. They intentionally it, it wanted. Yeah, yeah, and that was back to, in the early 1900s. Yeah, discourage yeah. people from using it because, oh, those dangerous Mexicans. Yeah, they used to call it cannabis until they used it as the vehicle to demonize Mexicans in the U.S., at which point they started using the Spanish spelling and the Spanish word marijuana with a J. Yeah. Yep, and that's that's what it was all about. It was about demonizing it because, and really the reason that pot is demonized is not even entirely because of that. The reason that pot is demonized is because hemp had to be demonized to protect the lumber industry. And the textile, actually. The textile industry had a lot to do with it, too. It was about king cotton, and it was about Mm. pine. And that's what it was about. And it wasn't about the fact that, oh, if it has high THC, it can get you high if you smoke it. It was about the fact that we need to make sure that slow growing wood stays expensive and we need to make sure that King cotton stays the King. And that's what we need to do. And it, and again, to circle around what we've been talking about, big business manipulated government influence government Uh to deny you freedoms to secure its own interests. Uh-huh. And the answer that these leftists have is let's throw in more government to the mix. That is fucking retarded. Yeah. That's like saying this shark has too many fucking teeth. What it needs is more fucking teeth. Yeah. It's or it's, like saying the shark's teeth are too sharp. Yep. What it needs is more teeth. <laughs> fucking really? Yeah. Oh, there are there are too many sharks. So what we really need, I'm a seal. There are too many great whites. So what I really need is a bunch of orcas. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'll yeah. help solve the problem. Yeah, that'll solve the problem. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, Jaws, I gotta go. Jaws 2020. Yeah. So. Yeah. On that note. Show it your titties, yo. Jordan's titties. This has been uh, <laughs> episode eighty-two. Also, buy my book. <laughs> buy Jordan's book. That's linked in the description. Check out Andrew's uh, YouTube page, Inked Anarchist, and then uh, yeah, peace, love, anarchy. Peace.